2: Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the life doctor, and I'm grateful you're joining me today. Last week, we were fortunate to have Sandra Ingerman with us to talk about spirit helpers, techniques to release painful, repetitive thoughts, and more. If you miss the show, be sure to go to paulajoyce.com. To listen to it on demand and to purchase her book off my resources page. And later today, I'm pleased to welcome back Dr. Larry Dossey, who was our very first guest. We will talk more with him about the amazing research that proves that we are all connected and we are all loved. A couple of weeks ago, I pointed out how this is truly world talk radio and that this show is literally being listened to in every corner of the world. I even took the time to mention some of the countries where people are tuning in. Well, in case you doubted that the universe is connecting all of us, I received an email from someone in one of those countries that I mentioned. She just happened to be roaming channels and stumbled upon my show just as I was reading the name of her country. She said it was as if I was speaking directly to her. It emphasized to me how much what I say on this show matters and how we all need to know that we are not alone. So every week I'm going to acknowledge some of the countries where people are listening. Here's a thank you to my listeners in Australia, Brazil, and China. The range and diversity is truly thrilling. Over time, I promise to mention each and every country because you all matter. And I want you to know that I know that you matter and that you are listening What touched me the most was that a result of that show, I had my first international coaching client. We truly are all the same with similar desires and hopes for respect, peace, connection, love, and self-empowerment. My new client was able to find me because of what we talk about on this show. She knew it was safe to talk about her deepest desires and worries and that she would be understood, listened to, valued and helped. We all need someone to listen to us, and all too many of us have no one who truly pays attention to us. We all need a listener who can hear and see what we cannot and who can help us gain new perspective and create the life we want and deserve. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and my work as a life coach. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, and positivity. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger, feel lighter, and have more energy as we choose to see the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, new perspectives, and new techniques, inspirational stories, and guests like Dr. Larry Dossey, who are thought leaders in their field. So if you are trying to figure out how to find the silver lining in a difficult situation, or how to rid yourself of persistent negative thoughts, or have a personal story to share, please call during the show to 1-866-472-5795 or email Now or Between Shows to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. And the phone number to call Between Shows is one 214 736-4460. If you want to talk about becoming a client to receive individual help, this is possible no matter where you live. Send me an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. And we can use Skype to work together to help you improve your life. And be sure to grab a pencil and paper now because you're going to need it later in the show for our new feature. Last week in that new feature, I challenged you to pay attention to messages from animals. I'm pleased to report that I did hear from people who have committed to working on this and will talk more about communication with and between animals and much more with our guest today, Dr. Larry Dossi. Last week, I talked about my new workshop on energetic healing. Well, it was on Sunday, and I had so much fun doing it. Thank you to everyone who attended. I love sharing the perspectives on healing pain that I've learned over the last few years and the specific techniques that have worked for me without using prescription medications or even over-the-counter drugs. I also appreciated the thank-you notes that I received after the workshop. I want to share two of them with you. One attendee wrote, I enjoyed the class so much. The session was wonderful and I left with some great insights. And another person asked if she could study under me. We don't always know the impact that we have on others. As a teacher and healer, I am always grateful for feedback. If you miss this workshop or live in another city or country and would like to experience this kind of healing, Please contact me about giving this workshop in your area or about working with me individually to learn the techniques. As we've been emphasizing, we are all part of a global community, whether you are among the thousands of listeners in Ghana or the hundreds in Australia, New York, Florida, or Texas, or the handful in Saudi Arabia or Poland, we are all linked. If you feel alone, remember that the spiritual realm connects all of us. And physically, emotionally, and mentally, we are all connected through this show. If you feel alone, listen closely to all of my on-demand shows. Second, form a community that listens to the show together and talks about it and or listens separately and then gathers together through the internet or physically to talk about the ideas and what you are going to do individually and collectively to change yourselves and the world. You could commit to working on the question of the day together or whatever else is important to you and your community. Determined to support each other in changing, growing, evolving, and becoming the change that you want in the world. As each of us changes, we create change in everyone who knows us and even in the people who we pass on the street because our energy is different and they feel the energy and it affects them, it changes them, choose to create peace, joy, love, happiness, and all good things within yourself, your family, your friends, your community, and the world within each of us. When each of us takes responsibility, miracles can and will happen. Third, you can even form a book group. Choose the books that my guests have written, read them, and discuss them with the community that you have created. Then email or call and let us all know what you're doing and how you are helping yourselves and each other. Seek support locally and on a global level. Let's do this together. If we know that others are doing it, it will encourage the rest of us. If we have groups of two or three or a thousand scattered together around the world, just imagine the impact we can have if we connect the lines and figuratively hold hands with each other or literally in the spiritual realm, hold hands with each other. Remember, this show is being heard in every corner of the world. That's huge. Let's not underestimate the power we have to change the world. We are already connected on an unconscious level. And as Larry Dossie would say, in the one mind that connects us all. Let's increase that power by bringing it into conscious awareness. What my work is all about is connecting the conscious and the unconscious in order to magnify the power, the focus, the impact of whatever we are doing. This is so important. I invite you and encourage you to create small communities or large ones and to connect them all together so that our conscious mind knows not only the we are not alone but the we are part of a large and focused global community together we can overcome anything we can empower ourselves to be the to become the change we want to gather together with like-minded people in person, on the phone, over the internet, and in the one mind. We can live a life filled with love, peace, joy, gratitude, and happiness if we choose. I welcome you to make that choice with me and our worldwide community. We each have our own story of pain, hardship, fear, trauma, or abuse on a small scale or a global one. And like secondary smoke, we all suffer when one of us suffers. Even the organizers of the Grammy Awards understood this. Sunday night in the middle of song awards and celebration, They took a moment to give the microphone to a woman who had chosen to leave a physically abusive husband. She said that she thought it was her job to heal him and that her compassion, love and kindness would make him better. She said, I was wrong. When he threatened to kill her, she sought refuge in a woman's shelter and that saved her life. She encouraged others in a similar situation to do the same. And I encourage you not to wait until he threatens your life. This is a message that everyone around the world needs to hear. No one should allow themselves to stay in an emotionally, mentally, or physically dangerous situation. It is the strong person who can face the truth and choose to save their own life. Many of us get confused like this woman and think that it's our job to save the other person. The truth is if we can support someone in their change process, that's great. But they have to choose to change. They have to want to change. We can't make them change. So I encourage you to let go of trying to make someone else be a better person and choose to be the best person you can be. And you can only do that when you are in a safe environment, free of verbal or physical abuse. Do what this woman did and save yourself. We talk about so many serious topics like abuse on this show. So I thought it would be good to have a little bit of fun. This is a humorous piece that I wrote a few years ago as I was contemplating the idea of how we are all connected. Space. The space between my toes, or to be more accurate, the spaces between my toes is, or should it be R? a wondrous thing now in fact would I even have toes if there were no spaces between them or would I just have one huge toe on each foot and then how would you distinguish that toe from my foot or is it feet so where would I be without space yes for you see if it it's more complicated than just the space between toes. Why, what if there were no space between people? Would we all be Siamese twins? When one person wanted to turn, would we all turn like in the Ziegfeld Follies? Now, that would be quite beautiful but the logistics, oh my, I can't even begin to imagine. When I started to turn here, then would it reach the people in China? And how would we manage it all over the oceans? Would people be walking on water or just suspended in mid air over the wetness below? Would anyone ever get anywhere or want to? Flying, I suppose, would be out of the question. Unless that is someone grabbed onto the wing of a plane and everyone came along literally for the ride. But wait a minute, I've missed a salient point here. If there were no such thing as space, would anything exist in isolation or at all? Would the entire world be one big, huge, humongous blob or more politely mass? Oh dear, dear me, this could be a redefinition of hell on earth. Or maybe it's heaven on earth. Maybe we would finally be living the penultimate of oneness. And with that, it's time to introduce our guest for today. Dr. Larry Dossi is a recognized leader in bringing scientific understanding to spirituality and rigorous proof to integrative medicine. He is a medical doctor and former chief of staff of Medical City Hospital in Dallas. He has lectured internationally and at leading medical schools and hospitals. Dr. Dossi. Dossi is the author of the New York Times bestseller, Healing Words, and 11 other books that have been translated and published around the world. His most recent book is One Mind. You can reach him at LarryDossiMD.com. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the life doctor. Before we go to break, let me remind you of the new feature that I introduced that will help you use the information we present to more effectively improve your life. I will continue every week to put up a new question on my website. While you're listening to our commercials during the break, you can go to paulajoyce.com and click on Calendar of Events to see my new question. Get a pencil and paper so you'll be prepared to write the answer. Before the second break and at the end of the show, I'll give you something else to do with that question. Those people who follow up by emailing me will have an opportunity to have their emails read on the show. So right now, while you're listening to the commercials, Go to my calendar of events page on paulajoyce.com and answer the question of the day on your own paper. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Larry Dossey to talk about how we are all connected.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re your mission,
1: You may also send an email to Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now back to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit.
2: Welcome back to Uplift Your Life nourishment of the spirit i'm your host dr paula the life doctor and as we all know technology is not perfect so we're having difficulty connecting with dr larry dossie So we're going to have him back at another time. In the meantime, I have a wonderful program that I've recorded with Dr. Sharon Walker on conflict resolution. I would like very much for you to stay tuned and to hear my interview with her because it is well worth listening to. I was going to air it in the future, but this is perfect timing and it is important for all of us, all of us, and definitely relevant for the topic. I hope you enjoy this program with Dr. Sharon Walker. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. And I welcome you to our program. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the life doctor. And we're here with Dr. Sharon Walker, who's going to talk with us about conflict within ourselves and in conversations and the positive and negative and how it affects our health. And before I officially welcome Sharon on, I want my listening audience to know that she's a dear friend and we met when we were co-chairing a conference that we actually wound up co-chairing four years in a row on abuse, on helping um, professionals grow, develop, um, grow and develop their knowledge of how to better serve people who have been abused. So Sharon, welcome to our show. It's it's so good to talk with you. Well, thank you very much, Paula. Good to hear your voice again. Absolutely. Um, and so tell us, about, I know that you've done a lot of work in this area. Help us understand more about the internal conflicts and interpersonal conflicts and Um, the pros and cons, the advantages and disadvantages, and how we can use that conflict to become healthier.
3: I'm glad to. I just want to do a a brief, um, you know, sort of uh, bio, if you don't mind. Um, I got interested in conflict coming at it from the conflict resolution side of things. When I was in graduate school, I took many courses um, where we were looking at conflict from purely a negative standpoint, that the conflict already existed or was flaring um, and about to become explosive, and how do you diffuse situations like that. And it's been in more recent um, work that I've looked at what is the conflict itself Um, both from the aspect of what's happening with the individual that's involved in conflict as well as a more global picture of conflict. And indeed, there are many people who have become um, engaged in conversations around the idea of conflict prevention. And in looking at... um, sort of preparing for our visit today, I went back to some of my earlier texts and drew on um, the essays that had been written and that kind of inspired me to look at conflict from the perspective that, while most norm, um, or I'm sorry, but from the perspective that Most conflict is is viewed negatively, and I'll just give you some key words that are associated with conflict. Words like fight, avoid, anger, lose, pain, control, war, hate, impasse, loss, destruction, bad, wrongdoing, mistake, and fear, and if you consider that those words um, are are what sort of probably comes to mind when you think of the word conflict, we need to find other ways to engage with conflict so that the outcomes change and that the outcomes have a positive view. And one of the ways to do that is to start on the front end and consider that um, if we look at conflict perspective, it lets us develop tools for communicating, and that would be communicating internally with the voices that are always rolling around in our heads, and we have these wonderful conversations with ourselves, should I do this, should I do that, Those are internal conflicts, and one of the best examples I think that everyone could relate with, if you'll think back to when you were a teenager and your parents were putting a curfew on your activities, but you knew that you wanted to do something that was going to keep you out later than your your curfew, you were setting yourself up deliberately to be in conflict with the advice of your parents. Does and, that help with understanding um, what a conflict can be? Uh, yes, so then what? let's take that
2: example that you just set up about the teenagers. So now they've set themselves up for conflict. Now what?
3: Well, um, they can be very aggressive in their approach to their parents when they're being chastised for their behavior that was um, challenging to the parent's authority, or they can come up with a good excuse <laughs> and, and use a little creativity. Um, it doesn't always have to be a flat tire or a miss the bus or whatever would work under the particular circumstances. But when it's um, a, a sort of a, a challenge in communication between parents and teenagers, it's an opportunity to look at where are teenagers in their personal growth and development. And one of the things is that teenagers are striving to attain independence. And so, from the parental side of things, they might look at their curfew. As being a guideline, and as long as the child reports in you know sort of within a reasonable time frame that um, they 're really not in direct confrontation with their parents now from the teenagers side of, of this um, example that i 've set up it, is that it 's an opportunity for them. Um, to be able to consider the emotional impact that their behavior might have on their parents and acknowledge, I'm really sorry that you're worried about me and what I'm doing and where I've been and how long I've been out, but I would appreciate your trust in me and acknowledging that I trust my friends that I'm with And um, I'm, you know, making that initial step towards acknowledging the role that the parents have, um, but also letting their parents know that I really want some autonomy in this decision making rather than the curfew being totally arbitrary. I want your trust that I can extend, um, you know, the boundary and if it won't be, you know, upsetting totally. And the, the other thing that happens is if there isn't that kind of emotional connection and respect um, that the parents have for the teenagers and that the teenager has for the parents, this is where situations of conflict can escalate. And you set the stage for a real battle and a struggle of wills to occur. And when you have that kind of negative situation that occurs out of um, you know, pretty straightforward situation of conflict, it it can lead to an escalation that draws in all sorts of other feelings that really aren't necessary. It's helpful Yes, and and
2: I'm glad you added that last part because I was thinking that would take a very high level of maturity on the part and communication skills and self-understanding and healthy relationship between the parents and and the teenager. I don't know how um, common that is for there to be that healthy a communication between teenagers and parents
3: that's one of the reasons why we're having this conversation because it it may not be very common and this is an opportunity for folks to step back and and look at situations of really common conflict um it's it's very minor But the conflict that is confrontational, if it's unresolved, it's kind of like a wound that doesn't heal, Um, and it just gets exacerbated over time with other small grievances that may occur
2: and and it occurs to me that as you're saying this that the communication really the foundation for healthy communication starts at the beginning of any relationship whether it's parent child or Um, a love relationship or a work relationship or a friendship, that if that foundation of respect and listening to each other as opposed to assuming negative motivation or I have to win this no matter what, that people can build healthy communication. And if you do, then when a problem arises, it becomes so much easier to deal with and resolve in a positive way.
3: Most definitely. And something to consider is, um, you know, something that might be um, defining of the future aspects of a relationship. And um, I have a good example to share with you there. Um, Two of my cousins were very close together in age, and over the years, their families had visited back and forth many times, and they had indeed become very good friends on into early adulthood. And one cousin um, would not allow the other to bring her children to a family gathering, because the um, home where the gathering was being held was kind of small. There were going to be about 50 people, and she didn't want the responsibility of having to hire a babysitter or provide care for her cousin's children. And the cousin with the children became very upset um, and simply stopped communicating with the other one. And their relation then just sort of withered, And they didn't communicate for something like 15 years. And I had an opportunity to visit with my cousin who had children, and she expressed in a way that was almost um, expressing her grief that that relationship had changed and deteriorated. And I said, well, it's going to take one of you to fix it. Why don't you pick up the phone? And after... Considering what I had said, um, she did exactly that, and they were able to meet a year later after visiting on the phone and aired their grievances and helped heal that relationship. And the unfortunate aspect of, of this story is the cousin with the children passed away just a couple of years ago, but the cousin who had sort of set up this situation of conflict with them, was was allowed to um, spend time with her before she passed away. And so the relationship had truly been healed before we lost our cousin. And so one particular event, if it's um, confrontational and sets up a situation of major conflict, And it can be simply, you know, as as saying, please don't bring your children. We don't have room for them or the ability to be able to provide for their care. It it was a reasonable request, but it was misinterpreted um, as being so strongly negative that their relationship was altered, Um, fortunately, not irrevocably. And But we see that that happens very often, and particularly within families, We have Thanksgiving coming up and then um, other holiday events when family gathers, uh, where there's family gatherings, and people, you know, joke about it. We see this very often replicated in television programming and in movies, how the holiday from hell broke out in our house kind of thing. Um, When people bring their past grievances through the door with them instead of, coming with um, an open mind and a desire to have a warm experience, they're expecting more confrontation, and they're expecting the conflict to grow. So we have, um, you know, situations where things like that just get exacerbated over time. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that another example is when we perceive that choices people make, um, they may be different from ours, but if we're seeing their choices as being good or evil, comparing them to the choices we would make as being right and good um, and uh, appropriate, that sets us up for a situation of conflict also, instead of just recognizing that the individual has their their personal preferences and has the right to make choices that are appropriate for them and not sort of assess or judge the choices that other people make. Yes,
2: that, and, and we're going to go to break in just um, a, a, a few seconds, but the fact, I think the point that you're making is so important that, People are not us, that other people have their own perspectives, their own lives, their own way of doing things, and it may be different than the way we think about things and the way we do them, but to have the respect for somebody else to give them the their way of doing it, as long as it doesn't create harm, true harm. Um, to to other people that there's a lot of leeway about what different ways that people can approach situations. So, yes. Okay. So let's talk a a little bit um, more about this after the break. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the life doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Sharon Walker to talk more about conflict in a healthy way or, unfortunately, often in a negative way.
0: Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals. Solve your most challenging problems
1: You are listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now back to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in,
2: you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. And we're here with Dr. Sharon Walker. Sharon, um, please talk to us a little bit more about positive ways to deal with conflict. I'd
3: be glad to. Um, In considering positive ways to look at conflict, if we take conflict from the perception that it is a negative experience, that it's a disruption of um, the regular order um, and calm in our life, an error or a mistake in a relationship, we can move that over into being a more positive um, experience through recognizing that it can be an outgrowth of diversity and it will hold possibilities for the two parties to recognize the differences between them or the issue that they're discussing or the problems that they're trying to resolve and allow them to come together to a mutual understanding as to why they perceive it as a conflict in the first place. And out of that type of recognition comes the sort of creative juices that will flow to allow problem-solving. Now, another way to look at conflict is that it's, you know, sort of you're going to, to battle. Like the example I used with the teenagers and the parents. And it's a battle where there's that incompatibility between individual interests or the the individual wants or desires. And we can move out of that concept of it being um, a, a disagreement so strong that we think of it in terms of a fight or a battle into recognizing that the relationship both parties have their own needs their own emotional wants and desires and they have their own perceptions they have and one of those perceptions is is over that position of power within the relationship and so helping two parties to acknowledge that you know in the role of a teenager and a parent As long as the teenager is receiving the benefits of living with their parents, such as food, clothing, shelter, um, emotional support, financial support, and so on, the power is sort of on a little bit weighted more heavily towards the parents. But just having the the parents acknowledge that and the child acknowledge that, but in a positive way and and say to their parents, yes, I understand that. And I will be able to, um, you know, have this conversation with my own children one day. <laughs> and <hopefully laughs> it, it will turn out to be, a, you know, sort of a positive uh, spin on things. The other thing that occurs to me is we don't use humor nearly enough when we communicate when we're in a situation of conflict. And one of the best forms of humor to use is that which is kind of self-deprecating, where you look at the situation where you are, and you're trying to make the other person feel more comfortable with you, and you offer some small story or, um, you know, where you're kind of the brunt of the joke sort of thing, Um, but not in a negative way or a derogatory way, but that you both have an opportunity then to refocus on the issue that you're discussing or that's brought you to a point of conflict, but you're now doing it in a more lighthearted way, and that allows you also to be more open and more creative. When we lessen the burden that negative emotions um, impose on us, we truly are able to be more open and receptive to the ideas that someone else will present to us. And when we're open and receptive, the creative juices just flow, and that helps us move to um, a point of resolution and of positive communication. Um, I spoke of the example of my two cousins and how they didn't speak for years, and it was truly over an isolated event. But isolated events, if they're not resolved, can last a long, long time until somebody says, why don't you pick up the phone? Why don't you take the first step? It doesn't matter whether you're the aggrieved party or not. Because when you take the first step, it's totally disarming to the other person. And when you disarm somebody, you allow them to be more open and receptive to, to positive communication. And the other example that I gave was that of a struggle where your opinion or your assessment of the actions of someone else is done in terms of right and wrong and good and evil, um, is to sit back and consider that, yes, you have differences, but allow them to be identified as differences without the added judgment attached to it. And when we perceive that someone is simply different, Um, how glorious is that? Because we know we're not all cast out of the same mold, that we're truly physically different. And if we acknowledge that we're also different psychologically, we're different emotionally, it allows us then to focus on the issues that have brought us to a point of conflict. And we can step back away from the
2: emotional attachment that we have, and and sometimes it's just a matter of hearing the other person's perspective, because often we assume uh, that somebody's trying to hurt us when that's not their intent at all.
3: Right, right, yes. And th- in this day and age, where we do so much communicating through social media. Um, you know, the, the one that comes to mind that a lot of folks use is Facebook. Well, when you see a photo or when you see the printed word, we tend to add emotion to what we're looking at. And that can kind of skew the, the intent of the communication. And um, unless someone, you know, sort of, immediately says is this this is what i understand that you have said or you have written is this truly what you mean because if my perception is correct then i'm really annoyed with you <laughs> i don't agree <laughs> but- in some ways, social media has been a really good thing because it's allowing us to keep connected to everybody, um, you know, and expand our horizons. We can go back and reconnect with people we met in high school or were friends with in a particular neighborhood or through a social organization or through a, a professional organization. Um, but lots of times we need to consider that, if something seems to be, um, you know, different and different in a negative way, we need to just jump right in there and address it so that it doesn't fester and grow and become a life-changing type of conflict.
2: Well, exactly, and I think often we misuse text and email because of the fact that you cannot communicate emotion clearly and if we're discussing or communicating on a potentially sensitive subject it's much easier to be misunderstood and for the conflict to not be resolved when it's in written communication instead of Um, Voice to voice, if it can't be face to face, but at least the opportunity to really um, communicate um, our true feelings and to challenge if we need to or clarify.
3: Mm -hmm. And and we continue to suppress um, feelings and we don't acknowledge the emotional impact that uh, conflict has. Um, on us as individuals, then truly our our health will suffer. Um, You could see that if you look at pictures of Richard Nixon when he first went into power and later pictures over um, the span of time that he was uh, the President of the United States, you can see a vast change in his physical appearance. He looks like he's lost weight Um, You know, great changes in his um, face, uh, particularly around his eyes, and um, what that can be attributed to is the fact that he was under a great deal of stress, and stress that was brought about not just by the conflict that he would have experienced in office, but also the internal conflict when he was trying to fight against the evidence that was coming up through the expose um, and the um, Watergate um, information that came forward. And the effect on his health that we could see um, was, you know, clearly there in his face. I mean, just the color of his skin had changed over time. But the effect on anyone's health of dealing with conflict that's not resolved over time is it can lead to an increase in our blood pressure over time. And with that, um, as our, our heart is working harder to pump the blood, our pulse increases. But the stress hormone cortisol um, also increases and will remain increased unless there are changes um, that allow us to deal with the emotions we experience and actually get the situation resolved so that it's not continuing and, and you know, the conflict doesn't keep um, growing or be exacerbated. And this is particularly important in interpersonal relationships where the... Um, Uh, Conflict is an issue of um, control, of emotional deprivation or of psychological harm, or even financial harm or stress that's in a relationship. If these sorts of issues aren't resolved, they definitely have an impact on our overall health and our sense of well-being.
2: So I, it, we're actually coming to a close now, so I think this is a good place to wrap this up to say that it's not only important in terms of how we relate to people in, in, in a larger sense of, of the word of spreading goodwill, so it's emotional, and it's physical, and it's psychological. It affects all of us in so many ways. Our whole being, I think, is what I'm trying to say. It affects our whole being when we are in a conflict situation and and, and solving it in a positive way versus a negative, and how very important it is to learn those skills that allow us to resolve conflict positively. I'm so grateful to you, Sharon, for being on and talking with us about this.
3: Well, you're very welcome, and I'm always glad for an opportunity for us to visit.
2: Well, I hope we'll be able to do that again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paula. Please turn in next week when Lewis Cohn will join us, this time to talk about how many illnesses and conditions that we think are not curable really are. Please remember, you are all loved. And let that feeling wash over you and through you. And I wish you all a blessed week.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week.